We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select. Welcome to Picks for Pace, presented by the Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. Welcome to Picks for Pace, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bearport and Blue Wire Pods. My name is Andrew Freeman, and of course, I'm happy to be joined by my co-host, Usain Koshal. Usain, we are recording this episode on Thursday, January 13th. The Bears season is officially over, and we're going to have a new GM and head coach coming up here because uh, the Bears have officially cleaned house. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy both out the door here, so a lot of change coming up here for the Chicago Bears, but... Uh, not a lot. Well, a lot of change for us here at the podcast too. You say because uh, we got to start thinking about what we're gonna do with the name of our podcast here going up. But uh, how, how you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, obviously, I didn't even think of having to change the name of the podcast. I guess because we've been, yeah, so locked in here at uh, Picks for Pace for the last. I think it's two. Yeah, about year and a half, two seasons almost since we started doing this show weekly. But yeah, I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, doing good, getting through, uh, you know, getting through the start of this new year. And uh, boy, it's starting off, off with a bang in terms of Bears news here. So for those who have been living under a rock over the last week or so, the Bears lost the Minnesota Vikings in their regular season finale, their 2021 season finale on Sunday. Uh, it was a classic Bears way to lose. You know, They got off to an, a quick start, got an early lead on the Vikings, and then the second half, they just slowly fell apart. The Vikings uh, went up on them late. Uh, there were some shenanigans late with a couple of really bad Andy Dalton turnovers, just a, a lot of typical things that we've seen during the Matt Nagy era from uh, this team in terms of you know bad turnovers, you know weird penalties, discipline issues, all that stuff went going on. Uh, weird uses of timeouts, like it, it was it was all there. This was a Matt Nagy coach game special. And it resulted in, you know, the, the very next day, we get the news that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, both the GM and the head coach for the Bears, officially out here. So the Bears 
decided to go to a clean slate. Now, we all knew that Matt Nagy was going to be out uh, following the season. That was something that that we knew that was going to happen. That, that was pretty much a given at this point. The main question mark was, what was going to be the status of Ryan Pace? There was a lot of suggestion that, uh, you know, Ryan Pace, uh, you know, could have been kept to the organization, maybe uh, kind of demoted in the, in the disguise of a promotion to a, you know, president of football operations or vice president of football operations role. But uh, the Bears, you know, they decided to go in the direction of, you know, just wiping their hands and, and starting a fresh and freshly and new uh, with the GM spot here. So, um, you know, it was a, Interesting couple of days there with everything going on. And I want to give credit to Jeff Hughes at the Bears blog, who, you know, I don't know if any of our listeners follow him or, or hear his thoughts on Twitter. Um, anyone knows me. Um, I've had my disagreements with Jeff on a lot of things in terms of, you know, football uh, and the Bears specifically uh, in terms of, you know, how the game of football actually works and, and whatnot in terms of football takes and, and all that stuff. But I have to give credit where credit's due because Jeff nailed this thing because no one knew what was going to happen with Ryan Pace um, and his job status. It seemed like it was, it was up in the wind for a while. And Jeff had it last week. Uh, he basically said flat out that Ryan Pace is going to be fired. And, you know, they were, that they were going to look for a new GM, new head coach with a search term search team led by Bill Polian. And basically ever since then, Jeff has nailed every single thing that's come out from the bears uh, ever since then. So I want to give a shout to, uh, to Jeff there at the, the Bears blog. Uh, he's done really good stuff with uh, connecting the dots with this. Uh, but, you know, moving on from that, you said, what are your thoughts on, you know, the Bears here, cleaning house, Ryan Pace, and Matt Nagy being fired? Well, I certainly think these were moves that we needed to go ahead and expect. And this all goes back to kind of Matt Nagy in a sense, because I think, you know, and Justin Fields because Matt Nagy's coveted Justin Fields for about two to three seasons now since his first year at Ohio State. And essentially, I think what happened is the Bears had absolutely zero hope for the 2021 season until Justin Fields rolled around. And then all of a sudden, now you have Justin Fields in the picture. And you're basically looking at the possibility of there being a two-year window. And for those of us that actually were on the ground here in Illinois covering the Bears every single day, we were under the impression that maybe, just maybe, ownership's going to give Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace through the end of 2022 to see what they can do with Justin Fields. But unfortunately, that did not happen. And so had... Pace and Nagy gone into 2021 and made the season all about the development of young talent like Larry Borum, Justin Fields, Khalil Herbert, a couple other guys. They'd be coasting into 2022 right now with their jobs, but they opted to do the opposite and continue with a win now philosophy. And essentially what's happened is it, it cost them their jobs. So we saw this coming from a mile away, but irrespective of the 2021 season, I think when you look at 2019 and 2020, I mean, those two really, those two seasons kind of really told us all why Pace and Nagy should not have jobs and why the Bears should have moved on from both at the start of 2021 the offseason, but decided to run it back with them for another year because you look at 2019, 2020, I mean, it was a complete mess. The offense wasn't executing, the Bears were beating bad teams and average teams but they were never good against the good or the great teams and then you look at the defense just got basically broken from having to carry what was a broken offense there were multiple starting quarterbacks nothing worked and so ultimately what happened is this is that the timing of this 
somewhat you could argue isn't ideal because now you are going to have a quarterback like Fields as well as a roster that's gotten a year older to have to rebuild that with a new regime. But ultimately, when you look at it, they're out. And so it is also an opportunity for the Bears to start fresh. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a lot of people could agree that a fresh start was needed for this organization. I mean, you look at the moves that have been made by this Bears organization over the last really three years or so, basically ever since the disaster that was 2019. And you go back to that 2020 offseason uh, where, you know, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, I mean, I guess I'm going to boil them back down together, you know, group them together here uh, because, you know, they – they said that they were collaborating when it comes to putting together this roster and t- building this team. So I have to take them by their word on that because they, they went out together as well. So if we're going to put this as a collaboration effort between the two, then we have to attribute everything that has gone wrong for this team over the past couple of years to both of these guys. And that, and that starts with the team building front of this. And you look at some of the moves they made in 2020 offseason, you know, pushing a bunch of money into the future, bring on veterans such as Jimmy Graham, um, Danny Trevathan, even Robert Quinn, who who worked out this past year and had a big year, you know, people forget. I think a lot of Bears fans forget that, you know, he was disappointing his first year in Chicago and got signed to a really massive deal. You know, it wasn't a guarantee that he was even going to be on a roster uh, next season because of how he played in 2020. Uh, luckily, he had a great season this year. But besides the point, I mean, other moves that offseason, you know, trading a fourth-round pick for Nick Foles and, and guaranteeing his deal. And we get to this offseason. Uh, whether it be, you know, signing Andy Dalton to a one-year deal where you're kicking a bunch of money down into the future to get him on the roster, you know, cutting specific players like Kyle Fuller, expecting a guy like Kendall Vildor to fill the shoes of Kyle Fuller, uh, keeping a guy like Akeem Hicks who's had injury issues and, um, you know, wants a new contract, but clearly the Bears organization is not looking to extend Akeem Hicks at this time. Franchising Allen Robinson, who made it known that he was going to be pissed off about getting franchise tags without a new deal. And what do you know, the bears franchise tag him and they don't even even try to make an offer uh, to extend Allen Robinson, um, which I I think was a huge reason why he had such a down year this year uh, was because he, I think he let the contract and the business side of things affect him on the field. Um, But all these decisions, and of course, you know, the drafting, I mean, they, they've drafted well, I think, over the past couple of years, but the constant trade-ups still, you know, clearly this is a, a regime that, you know, was still desperate to try to win now. And they were continually pushing money into the future. I mean, I'm talking about the Jimmy Graham getting his contract pushed to the future and onto next year. It was, it was time. And, and you look at the state of these things, you know, Ryan Pace, he, he's been here, you know, again, we all knew that Matt Nagy was going to be gone, but Ryan Pace was, I felt like kind of a fire rod among Bears fans, especially on Bears Twitter, because there's a contingent of Bears fans um, that really like Ryan Pace. I think most Bears fans wanted Ryan Pace gone, but there was a diehard fan base, it seemed like, of Ryan Pace supporters that, you know, felt like he was doing a good job and wanted to keep him around, Um and the main arguments were because, you know, he's drafted pretty well, especially on day three. He's hit on most of it, on a lot of, on a higher percentage picks uh, compared to the rest of the NFL. You know, he drafted Justin Fields. The last couple of drafts have been really good, really promising stuff that we've seen. Um, he's had a couple of nice free agency 
moves, a couple of nice trades. You look at the Cleo Mack trade and, and whatnot has added some nice talent to this roster. But you have to look at the full body of work here when it comes to Ryan Pace and his tenure as the Bears GM. And you look at this thing, obviously we know that the first three years were a rebuild. And, um, you know, record-wise, sure, you don't want to, you know, put too much of that on him. But, you know, we've seen different rebuilding processes, different, you know, rebuilds in different organizations not take three years and last as long as it did with the Bears and be as, as seemingly painful as it was for the Bears during that time. And I know they had to basically rip everything down to the nuts and bolts of the organization there to, you know, rebuild this roster from the bottom up and then top down, really, uh, because there, there wasn't a lot of building blocks on this team when Ryan Pace took over. But you look at the state of this roster since 2018, that 2018 season, which was, you know, such a fun year for Bears fans. And it felt like things were changing for, you know, for the better for the Bears or a long-term change, you know, something that, you know, could be a consistent, you know, this Bears team was on the right track to being a consistently winning franchise. It, it felt like, you know, that was going to happen. And unfortunately, um, just wasn't the case. And, and ever since that, that 2018 season, we've seen a Bears team, a Bears roster that has consistently gotten worse. And I think a lot of that is just because of the way that Ryan Pace approaches you know, building teams, the way he approaches handling the drafts in terms of trading up all the time, the way he approaches, you know, stockpiling draft picks in, in the sense that he doesn't really try to stockpile draft picks. You know, he, he's very much a, you know, we're going to try to make the best out of what we got type of, you know, you know, type of mentality when it comes to his draft picks, doesn't really value them too much. And certainly the way he's handled the salary cap over the last couple of years, you know, constantly putting money into the future, trying to squeeze as much as you can out of, you know, one's one season trying to win now um you know that's going to hurt you long term and, we, and we've seen that over the past couple of years you know this bears roster in 2021 um you know it was the worst that this bears roster has been you know since 2017 i would say and you know that's just for a, a gm in his seventh year you know you'd hope that you know the bears you know if he's not if, if the roster is not getting better then at the very least he's able to maintain uh, that roster and you know have some stability there and we just did not see that unfortunately and, and I think that's a big reason why Ryan Pace eventually you know lost his job here with the Bears right and you know you talk about the roster building aspect of it I mean there were times where you know Pace just traded up for the sake of trading up and you know, just threw money out in free agency for the sake of throwing out money in free agency and just handing players big lucrative contracts. But also I think the bigger thing to consider here is that there was never really a sort of long-term vision in place or any legitimate contingency plans because, you know, you referenced 2018. I mean, if we go back to the 2018 season, the Bears went 12-4. and four And, you know, it did feel like things were changing for the better simply because for the first time in forever, the Bears not only – had a winning season after so long but then there was also a young trendy quarterback in town a lot of people hope could be a franchise caliber quarterback everyone was kind of buying into Matt Nagy but then you also look at what happened in the 2019 offseason Pace should have been making moves to go ahead and get the Bears closer to a Super Bowl that means upgrading and adding blue chip caliber players on offense because again the offense did struggle at times in 2018 and essentially what happened is Pace basically failed to do that and the one real big signing that he made on offense that season was running back Cordero Patterson but then even that it's just like 
He's had a career year this year. Well, guess what? Matt Nagy didn't necessarily know how to use him for basically two seasons. And so, you know, when it comes to pace as well as Nagy, you know, both had really erratic decisions that if you were to look at their 10 years in the four years that they were together with the Bears, not Pace's first three years, but from 2018 to 2021, you could odds are say that they basically got themselves fired over five to six total decisions and the way that they handled certain things. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, certainly I think, you know, erratic decision-making is certainly a big part of this. Um, It just felt like over the past couple of years, especially that I I think Brian Pace and Matt Nagy, desperation and fear of losing their job is what kind of determined their thought process throughout this entire thing, especially look at this past off season, you know, the quarterback carousel, uh, knowing that, you know, they needed a quarterback basically to even attempt to save their jobs. You know, first it was trying to pull off a miracle with Russell Wilson. Uh, then it's signing Andy Dalton and, you know, thinking that Andy Dalton can lead you to the playoffs. And then lo and behold, Justin Fields somehow drops into a position where you can trade up to go get him. Basically everything goes right uh, for you to go up and get him. Um, you know, they were, you know, desperate to try and win now and to try and, you know, satisfy ownership who, we know that George McCaskey, he wants this Bears team to try and win one more Super Bowl before, uh, you know, his mother, Virginia McCaskey, uh, eventually passes away. I mean, she's getting up there in years. You know, she, we don't know how much she, time she has left. So, we know, that's a, a big priority for uh, this Bears franchise to try and win uh, before that happens. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to be the case because, you know, we can talk about this as this episode rolls on and as this offseason rolls on, but, you know, this Bears team is a ways away, I think, from being able to compete for a Super Bowl, even if Justin Fields develops into that franchise quarterback that I think we all know that he can be. Uh, but, you know, th- this roster, because of the decisions that they've made over the past couple of off seasons, it's in pretty rough shape right now. And, you know, it, it kind of it, it puts into perspective, you know, when we talk about process and we talk about the draft and we talk about, you know, what decisions are best made for the long-term health of an organization? I think it all goes back, you know, this is a case study and uh, the Bears and what they've done in the past couple of years. This is a case study and how to close a window fast and put a roster in a bad spot long-term because, you know, the Bears, they had an opportunity to kind of, I wouldn't say reload, but kind of 
you know, changed course a little bit after 2019. You know, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky had, you know, pretty much shown at that point that he wasn't going to be the guy. Everyone knew that he wasn't going to be the guy. Um, you know, instead of, you know, trying to rebuild on the fly a little bit, retool the roster, get a little bit younger, you know, try to sell off on some assets and um, try to rebuild for the next window, maybe, um, you know, this regime decided to double down on what they had because they felt like it was just average quarterback play that they could compete for a playoff spot and maybe win a playoff game or two and maybe put themselves in a chance to win a Super Bowl. And unfortunately, in today's NFL landscape, that's not how it works. You need that quarterback. We we hope that Justin Fields is that guy now. Uh, and now at this point, it's just a matter of can they put the rest of the roster around Justin Fields with the new regime coming into place. And speaking of the new regime, uh, the folks of this episode today, for all of our listeners, uh, as we move on for the Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy era, is to talk about some of the GM and head coach candidates that are going to be circulating through the Bears here over the next week or so as they go through interviews and uh, request different interviews and, and whatnot. It's really a, an exciting time here for Bears fans because there are a ton of possibilities here of who's going to be leading this organization uh, over the next, hopefully, you know, decade or so, but you know, for at the very least the next few years here as we try to pinpoint who the candidates are going to be. So uh, for those who are not aware, like I said before, uh, the Bears, they have a search team in place to kind of help uh, go through interviews at this stage because George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, they are, as they laid out in their press conference, which I know uh, Zach and Aaron, they went over the press conference in more detail. So if you want, you know, some information on the postseason uh, press conference that, you know, it was hosted by George McCaskey on Monday when Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were fired. I definitely recommend uh, you guys check out the regular Bay Report podcast with Zach and Aaron. Uh, they did a nice job of, you know, basically ripping into uh, McCaskey here. It, it was just a brutal press conference to get through. Um, I will say, though, that what we've seen over the past few days um, after the press conference has, you know, left me in a pretty positive mood, you say, because, you know, there are a lot of good call quality candidates uh, that the Bears seemingly are going to be cycling through in terms of the interviews here coming up uh, in the search team led by Bill Polian. You know, Bill Polian, who's you know, been around the NFL for a while. You know, he built the Buffalo Bills teams in the in the early 90s, late 80s. Uh, you know, those Bills teams that went to four straight Super Bowls led by Jim Kelly, uh, Bruce Smith, uh, Thurman Thomas, all those guys. Uh, you know, that was Bill Polian who built that team. So, you know, Bill Polian had a huge hand in that. And then he also built the Peyton Manning-led Colts teams in the, in the 2000s. So Bill Polian, he, he's been, you know, while he's up there in age and maybe the game has passed him by a little bit, yeah, I know he's had some pretty controversial uh, takes in the past decade or so. Uh, there, there's no doubt that Bill Polian knows what he's doing from a football administration perspective and that he knows how to build a championship caliber team, essentially. So, um, you know, him leading the search team on this, it does give me some – uh, level level of optimism that you know, the Bears are going to be able to find a, a good hire here. So what we're going to do here is we're going to start with the GM first because this is probably going to be the first role that they fill um, going forward here, and then they'll probably fill the head coach from there. So let's go through who the Bears have requested to interview and who they've already interviewed. So in terms of who the Bears have already interviewed, uh, they already have interviewed Glenn Cook, who is the Browns Vice President of Player Personnel, uh, and Kwesi Adolfo Mensa who is the Browns vice president of football operations. So going to the Cleveland Browns uh, for some GM candidates there, the Bears have also interviewed 
an internal candidate here, Champ Kelly, who's been the Bears assistant director of player personnel. He's been with the Bears pretty much ever since Ryan Pace took the job and has been Ryan Pace's number two here uh, during that time frame. So Champ Kelly, he's well-respected throughout the league. Uh, he spent some time with the Denver Broncos, I believe. Uh, I think he was there before he came over here to the Bears and you know had a pretty big hand in, in them building uh, what they had with the Peyton Manning-led teams uh, with the Broncos during the early 2010s. Uh, then you look at some of the names that the Bears could be interviewing down the line, who are they Who they are expected to interview down the line. Uh, first off, the big name here is Elliot Wolf, Patriots front office consultant, Elliot Wolf. Uh, he is the son of Ron Wolf, who helped build the Green Bay Packers teams in the 90s, where you know, Brett Favre and Reggie White, that's Ron Wolf right there. Uh, Elliot Wolf, you know, he's a well-respected uh, football mind in terms of the front office realm. He's been you know, around a bunch of different organizations currently with the Patriots right now. Uh, Omar Khan, who is the Steelers Vice President of Football Operations and, and Administration. He's been with the Steelers basically throughout the entire 21st century. Uh, I think since 2001, he's been involved in that organization. We all know that the Steelers, you know, they're one of the best run organizations in all of football. They just, they just run everything right there. And Khan's been a huge part of their success in Pittsburgh. Uh, Joe Shane, the Buffalo Bills assistant GM, uh, he's you know been considered for the past few years now one of the better front office minds in, in you know up and coming front office minds in the league for quite a while now. Um, and that same goes for Ed Dodds, who's the Indianapolis Colts vice president of player personnel. He you know helped build the uh, Legion of Boom era Seattle Seahawks teams uh, when he was in Seattle. Uh, and then Chris Ballard, when he took the job in Indianapolis, took him over to be his number two in Indianapolis. He's kind of been that guy for them there. Uh, another Indianapolis Colts candidate here, Morocco Brown, uh, Colts director of college scouting. Uh, you know, another fact on Morocco Brown here, uh, he was the Bears assistant director of pro personnel uh, from 2001 to 2007. So he has some uh, Bears ties already. Uh, in terms of some other candidates, we have Rand Carthon, 49ers director of player personnel uh rick smith who used to be the gm and by i think president of football operations for the houston texans um during the late 2000s and during for the most majority of the 2010s before uh you know he, he ended up leaving the position uh, when bill o'brien usurped basically in power uh in that texans organization uh, i think in 2017 and then one one more name i'll throw out here that the bears have requested an interview for i think he's getting an interview soon is jeff ireland who's the Saints assistant GM and college scouting director. And one thing on Jeff Ireland, uh, he used to be a childhood ball boy for the Chicago Bears. So another Bears connection right there. So I know that's a lot to throw out there right now, you say, but out of the list that we see here, you say, uh, who are some of the GMs that you're really intrigued by that the Bears are going to be looking at here over the next week or so? Well, I really think that this entire list is, Great, and it's nice to see the Bears branching out to different organizations and then just going ahead and doing their work because last time they hired a general manager, it was clear that they kind of zeroed in on Ryan Pace from the very start. But for me, there's three names to keep an eye on here. And if the Bears got any of these three names, I would totally be ecstatic as someone who's covered this team had to deal with bad general managers for so long. But I think that I'm really intrigued by Ed Dodds, who – I know you kind of hit on this. He's with the Indianapolis Colts right now, but then he was also with the Seattle Seahawks under John Schneider. And 
help build up the Legion of Boom, then I would be really intrigued to see what Steelers VP Omar Khan can do in a general manager role, because I think that he's in a sense a bit overqualified to be a general manager, kind of like a CEO type person, the way that he thinks, acts, and operates. Also, when we look at Khan, I mean, he's been with the Steelers since 2001. He's worked on the football side of things as well as the business side of things. So he does have some experience in working with personnel stuff like that and you look at Omar Khan I mean the Steelers have had a great track record of being able to consistently find talent in the middle rounds of the draft you look at Antonio Brown I know people look at him for his antics and stuff but hey he was a six-round pick that pretty much you know what had it not been for some off the field stuff would probably be headed to Canton Ohio one day and be guaranteed a spot so ultimately Omar Khan's another name to keep an eye on and then the third guy for me is Rick Smith because you look at Rick Smith did he get dealt a bad hand in Houston because of ownership? Yeah. Did he have his bright moments in Houston? Obviously he did. I mean, he drafted DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson, kind of hit on the right head coach in Bill O'Brien because the Texans were kind of irrelevant before Bill O'Brien got there. But Rick Smith's another one. You know, I know Smith had to step away from football a couple of years ago due to heart issues his wife having some health issues. But ultimately, those are the three that I'm looking at. And then, you know, I honestly – just as a wild card out there, I wouldn't mind Joe Shane from the Buffalo Bills because when you look at the Bills, the way that they built their team, they built it basically around Josh Allen and what Josh Allen's strengths and weaknesses are. And some of those same methods that the Bills use, the Bears would need to use to build around Justin Fields. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head here in terms of the fact that this is a really impressive list of candidates here that the Bears are cycling through right now. And I think for me, when I look at, you know, who are the top guys I'm looking at, you know, everyone knows that have followed me and this podcast for the past, really the past two years, really, uh, knows that Ed Dodds has been on the top of my radar uh, for a while now. You know, uh, Ed Dodds, uh, again, had a huge role in building the Legion of Boom teams in the early 2010s, mid 2010s, uh, while he was there in Seattle. Um, he was basically the number two to John Schneider there. And I don't think it's a coincidence that once uh, Dodds left the Seattle organization, that Seattle uh, has kind of floundered as a result in terms of the way they built that team around Russell Wilson ever since then. They, they haven't been the same since Dodds left the organization. And I think that goes that's attributed to his ability as a scout uh, the Seattle Seahawks were one of the best drafting teams in the NFL uh, during the time that Dodds was there, and they, they haven't quite been the same drafting team since. So I think Dodds, he does a lot of his work in the draft, obviously, but you know he's also been involved in free agency as well. And we've seen that with the Colts here. You know, the Colts have been one of the best drafting teams in the NFL ever since he's been there as well. I mean, look at, you know, <laughs> I think it was a 2018 draft. Yeah, the 2018 draft the, the Colts had. Um, getting Quentin Nelson, trading down, getting Quentin Nelson in the first round. You know, the guy who's going to be, he's been a blue chip player for them, all pro left guard for them. Um, you know, it's it's possible that he might be a gold jacket guy for them when it's all said and done. Uh, that's how good he's been early on in his career. Uh, look at some of the other names they added in that draft. Darius Leonard, he's been one of the best linebackers in football. Talk about a building block for your defense. Darius Leonard's been that guy. They got him in the second round, you know, that was considered, I think, by a lot of people a reach at the time because Darius Leonard was considered an undersized, uh, you know, linebacker, kind of a safety linebacker hybrid, and you know they found the perfect role for him in the second in, in that 
defense's scheme and Matt Eberflus's scheme and, um, you know, a great pick in the second round for them. Uh, also getting Braden Smith in the second round, you know, and that was a really good find by the Colts because, you know, Braden Smith was considered a guard coming out of Auburn and, you know, they had the foresight to make him a right tackle for them. And they saw that he could be a right tackle and it, it's paid off dividends for him. He's already signed a second contract with the team. And, you know, in terms of, you know, Braden Smith, Particularly, I can't give that all all the credit to that to Ed Dodds because you know a lot of the credit for Braden Smith, you know, we look at him uh, goes to the other Colts uh, executive that uh, the Braves are looking at here, and that's Morocco Brown, who is the Colts director of college scouting. You know, when we talk about Braden Smith, you know, the story behind Braden Smith being a Colt and being a right tackle, a lot of that is attributed to Morocco Brown because Brown, uh, there's an interesting story about when when Braden Smith coming out of the draft. Again, he was considered a guard, and Brown was insistent to uh, the rest of the Colts organization that, you know, Brain Smith, while you, you might have him as a guard right now, he has the ability to play tackle at the NFL level. And I think he was said in the story that I overheard that, um, you know, a lot of people in the Colts organization thought that Brown was crazy for that. Well, lo and behold, the Colts have some injuries at the right tackle spot. They need, need, they need someone to go and play there. Brainsmith steps up as a rookie and he's been there ever since and he's been really good for them ever since. So uh, I think when you look at Dodds and Brown, two really smart football people that, you know, just know how to scout. And I, I think that's something where, you know, the Bears, they've done a pretty good job at scouting and drafting ever since, you know, Ryan Pace took over. So if you're looking for continuity there, I, I think that makes sense in terms of if you, if you want to keep that you know, I, I wouldn't say tradition because, you know, drafting is, it's pretty volatile. Um, you know, for the most part, I mean, there are teams that draft better than others, but in terms of year to year, it can be pretty volatile in terms of how well you draft. With that said, uh, I, I think Dodds and, and Morocco Brown have both, both proven that uh, they're quality scouts and they know what they're doing in terms of, you know, the drafting and, and bringing in young players. And uh, another thing with those two is, you know, the organization they've been a part of, both organizations, or I should say the Colts organization, and you look at Dodds being in Seattle, uh, organizations that value trading down, not trading up all the time, you know, recognizing that, you know, there is a benefit to having multiple picks and, and having as many picks as possible, as many swings at the plate as possible, so to speak. So another reason why I like those two guys. But uh, one, one more name uh, that I really like here, um, and that's going to be Joe Shane. Uh, Bill's assistant GM. Um, Shane is a guy that's uh, well-regarded in league circles, and he's been the number two for the Buffalo Bills uh, during their time there, um, during that regime. Uh, spearheaded by Sean McDermott for the Buffalo Bills as the head coach. So, um, you know, had a big part in terms of uh, Josh Allen being the quarterback there. Um, they've drafted really well there in Buffalo. So Joe Shane, uh, another guy that's really high on my list. But um, we talked about some of the guys that we really like here you said, is there, is there a name or two on this list that you're not as much of a fan of in terms of the GMs and, um, you know, some of the GM candidates that, you know, you might not be as excited for if you were to be hired by the Bears? Well, yeah, and, you know, this is a really extensive list, but I think the one guy I would absolutely love to see the Bears avoid would be Jeff Ireland. Now, he is going to be interviewing with the team on Friday, January 14th. So the reason I want the Bears to avoid Ireland is very simple. It's because when you look at the organization and you 
look at kind of the Bears way of doing things. I mean, Ireland currently is working in the Saints front office. It just does not make sense for him to even go or for the Bears to even go back to someone who's kind of worked under Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. But ultimately, when you look at Jeff Ireland, what really sticks out to me is the fact that he was the Dolphins general manager from 2008 until 2013. And really, when you go back and you look at those drafts, there wasn't necessarily a lot to be encouraged about because ultimately, I mean, all right, yeah, they had some hits like Jake Long, all right, as well as Rashad Jones, or you could even argue Mike Pouncey. But then even then, I mean, Ireland just overall failed to build a really smart team and a good enough team to really warrant competing. Because when you're looking at some of these names, I mean, some of this talent here, take like a Brian Hartline or a Koa Misi or even an AJ Eds, you know, it's not like these guys were super spectacular by any means it was more so just one of those things where yeah they were all average or above average or just a little bit above average but they were never necessarily considered to be building blocks and I think really that inability to be able to find consistent building blocks five to six years in like Ireland failed to do it showcases hey he doesn't necessarily deserve a second chance at being able to be a general manager. And I think that's something we have to talk about as well when it comes to the Bears is why even bother going after a head coach or a general manager candidate, especially a general manager that's been fired the first time already. And most of the head coaches and GMs in this league are first time guys and they're completely new to the job. But ultimately, you know, the Bears are opting to kind of throw a bone here to someone like Jeff Ireland and someone like Doug Peterson, someone like Leslie Frazier. I just don't personally see some of those guys working out. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I'm with you on Jeff Island. You know, Jeff Island's a guy that, his name has been thrown out there a lot, especially uh, Jeff Hughes at the Bears block has thrown out Jeff Ireland's name a ton, which, you know, given Hughes, uh, Jeff's you know track record with the Bears and uh, this GM hiring cycle over the past week or so gives me uh, some concerns because, you know, Jeff's been pretty on point with um, the information he's been putting out there in terms of who the Bears are interviewing and what they're doing with, you know, Ryan Pace and what they're doing with uh, Bill Polian and, and the search team and whatnot. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's concerning to agree because I, I agree. I, I think Jeff Ireland, look at his track record in Miami, you know, not great. He did not have great results in Miami, did not draft really well in Miami, um, did not hire the right head coaches in Miami. Um, 
you know, there were some issues with Ireland in, in terms of him being a GM there. And then you look at um, some of the other issues with Ireland. I, I believe there's an incident uh, when he was working with the, I, not with, working with the Cowboys, but uh, in the draft that I think he was with the Miami Dolphins at the time, but there was um, an incident where he had with Des Bryant during the pre-draft process when Bryant was coming into the league where um, basically Ireland basically accused Des Bryant's mom of being a prostitute or, or something to that nature. It was it was a really bizarre um, comment to make for a GM asking a draft prospect that type of things, and it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. For you know, is this the right type of you know culture fit? This is the guy that you want leading your organization um, when you're talking about a guy who's going to bring up something that inappropriate um, to you know talk when you're when you're trying to you know, bring in these young players and, and, you know, trying to get more information about these draft prospects and um, trying to get, gain their trust to a degree, because, you know, if you end up drafting them, you know, they want to know that you're putting them in a good position to succeed and you're asking them inappropriate stuff like that. Like that's just a red flag for me. Now, Ireland has done, you know, some good things with the saints. Like I said before, um, he's basically the number two there in new Orleans and like him and Sean Payton basically, run the show there for new Orleans there. Mickey Loomis. Uh, he's more of an administrator at this point as a general manager there. So Jeff Ireland and Sean Payton go hand in hand in terms of running the show there in Ireland, where most of his role comes in with the saints is in the draft. He, he leads their scouting department there for, you know, college scouting department. Um, and, you know, they look at the saints drafting over the past five years or so since Ireland's been there. Uh, the saints have drafted really well. Um, you look at the 2017 draft in particular, uh, getting Marshawn Lattimore in that draft, uh, getting Marcus Williams in that draft, I believe. Um, Alvin Kamara was in that draft. Uh, Alex Anzalone was in that draft. Yeah, they got a lot of good players in that one draft alone. And that one draft alone pretty much saved you know, the franchise to a degree because people forget they had a three-year period where they were stuck in the mud and mediocrity um, because – you know, they pushed a bunch of money to the future of free agency, trying to bring in a bunch of uh, free agents to try and win now. It did not work out, um, and they were in cap hell, basically. Uh, Drew Brees was single-handedly carrying them to mediocre records, and that draft single-handedly saved them from being pretty much wasting the very end of Drew Brees' playing years. Um, so Jeff Ireland has to have a lot of credit for that, Um you know, the drafting for the Saints has been very good over the past few years, even though they don't have a lot of picks usually to work with because, you know, they follow that Ryan Pace uh, mantra of, you know, they want to get go up and get their guy. They're going to trade up a lot. You know, they don't really value draft picks as much, but the draft picks that they do have, they're very good with the draft picks they have. So uh, a lot of that goes to Ireland, but that also leads me to another reason why I kind of don't want Ireland is because I, I just feel like it's going to be a co- continuation of, you know, the Ryan Pace philosophy of, you know, we're going to try and kick money down the road to get free agents on the roster. Uh, we're going to be trading up in the draft all the time. We want to get our guy. Uh, we're not going to necessarily let the board come to us. You know, we're not going to try to stockpile picks and, you know, take multiple swings at, at the plate here. You know, we want, you know, we're going to identify the guys that we want and we're going to do whatever we can to go get those guys. And um, that's just not a very good long-term strategy. So if that's the direction they decided to go to, there with Jeff Ireland, you know, it just feels like it would be the same thing that we've seen from this team in the past with Ryan Pace. So that's where I'm a little bit worried there uh, with, 
you know, the Jeff Ireland thing. Uh, in terms of another guy that I probably wouldn't want to see get the job, and this has nothing to do with him necessarily, but more so because I just think they're they need to have a change in the organization. You know, Champ Kelly. You know, I hear a lot of great things about Champ Kelly as an executive, as an evaluator. Um, I, this is not a slight at Champ Kelly. I think he could be a very good GM one day. I'm not going to take that get anything away from him, but I just feel like Champ Kelly, him being in the organization over the past few years under the Ryan Pace regime, I feel like hiring him as GM, it, it would send a signal, I think, that the Bears are just going to continue to operate as a status quo. And they're going to continue to do the same things that they did under Ryan Pace and, and operate the same way. So uh, Champ Kelly, while I, I think there would be maybe some value to keep him around in the organization, um, still. I'm not quite buying him yet as uh, the GM for this team or the next GM for this team, if that makes sense. Yeah, look, if the Bears wanted to shake things up in the front office, they might as well kind of kept Ryan Pace and decided, hey, champ, we're just going to promote from within because we believe that this kind of partnership between Pace as well as Champ Kelly's really continued to work, but ultimately they didn't do that. And, you know, when we talk all about cleaning house, that also means going ahead and getting rid of some of the front office members from the previous regime. And a lot of people tend to forget Champ Kelly's one of those guys that kind of came up under Ryan Pace. Now he did, he is a sought after GM candidate around the league. I mean, when you look at kind of teams that were interviewing Champ Kelly last year and looking for GMs, I mean, he was someone that was kind of, on a couple teams radars like the Denver Broncos but then also when you look at this you know Kelly kind of came over to Chicago from Denver with John Fox and started there in 07 worked his way up to assistant director of pro personnel and then joined the Bears in 2015 as the director of pro scouting you know worked his way up the ladder and it basically became a kind of assistant GM for the Bears the assistant director of player personnel so he's worked his way up and he's been a finalist for a couple jobs and candidates too but ultimately I think what is with Champ Kelly's he just doesn't have the it factor needed to really be making those big decisions because I do think that there was a chance right where in 2019 and 2020 he was kind of in the GM cycle as someone who get hired but he hasn't been hired yet which just goes to show there's just something about him that is making teams skeptical of hiring him. Yeah, and again, I think Champ Kelly will get uh, get a GM role at some point in the future. I think that day is coming for him. I just don't think the fit is necessarily right. It, it is, it, this is not necessarily the right fit, I think, at this point in time for the Bears. And that's really the main thing here. I think Champ Kelly, I, th- I think he's going to be very successful in the NFL, I, I think he could be a very good GM down the road. Um, it's just a matter of, I think the Bears, if they want to really turn things around here, they need to get new voices into the building here. And I think hiring out Champ Kelly doesn't really do that for me. I, I think it's just more of a continuation of the same uh, you know, thought process here uh, for building this team. And I think getting some new ideas into the building is something that is sorely needed for this organization moving forward. And in terms of getting new ideas into the building, now let's transition now to, you know, going from the GM guys that you know, the Bears are looking at to the head coaches uh, that the Bears are going to be interviewing here coming up shortly. Uh, the Bears have already got one head coach interview in, and that's Doug Peterson, who 
as we all know, was a Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, back in 2017. Um, you know, he's an Andy Reid disciple, uh, was the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, in 2015 before he got the job with the Eagles. You know, he helped get, you know, Carson Wentz to play at an MVP level, level before he got injured. And then obviously uh, won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. So Doug Peterson, um, you know, brought him in for an interview. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, the Bears have also put in a lot of requests here as well for some other head coaches. And a surprising one here, and a guy who is going to be interviewing, I, I believe, with the Bears on Friday, and that's Brian Flores, who surprisingly got fired by the Miami Dolphins uh, earlier this week. There was a bit of a power struggle going on in Miami, it sounded like. Brian Flores was, uh, unfortunately, um, got, got fired for it. It seemed like there was some tension going on in that building. Uh, but Brian Flores, he, I thought he did a really nice job with the, with the Dolphins. Uh, He's going to be interviewing with the Bears here shortly, so we'll see what happens there. But, you know, Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons team in 2016 that got to the Super Bowl uh, but lost in that classic 28-3 to uh, blown lead. You know, Dan Quinn, he's had a really nice year coordinating the Cowboys defense, so uh, the Bears are going to interview him coming up. Uh, Matt Eberflus, defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts, another Colts connection there. And then the two Tampa Bay Buccaneers coordinators, you look at Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles. Uh, you know, they're requesting to interview both of those guys coming up. Uh, and then looking in the division here, uh, going up to Green Bay, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. The Bears have requested to interview him. I believe Hackett's going to get his interview chance uh, this upcoming weekend. Um, Hackett is a very intriguing name for me. Uh, you know, he's kind of a, a goof, goofball in terms of his personality, but um, from all accounts, a really smart offensive mind. So uh, he's a name to keep on, keep in mind coming forward there. And then some other names here from Buffalo. You look at Leslie Frazier, uh, defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, um, former player for the Chicago Bears on the 85 team, I believe. Uh, Frazier, you know, been around football for a while now. He was a Vikings coach earlier in the 2010s. Um, I believe he was the coach during the Brett Favre years for the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken, or at least during the Christian Ponder years as well. Um, you know, Frazier didn't quite work out his first stint as head coach, but, you know, maybe he gets another chance to be a head coach down the line. I, I would assume this would be his last chance to be a head coach if he were to get the job. And then the other coordinator here for the Buffalo Bills, Brian Dable, a much bigger name, obviously. Brian Dable has been, um, you know, in head coaching, discussions for the last couple years because of what he's done with Josh Allen and that Buffalo Bills offense. So Dable is probably the biggest name from this group here, but, you know, from the names listed here, you said, you know, similar question to the GMs, who are some of the guys that you're really intrigued by in terms of what they could offer as the next Bears head coach? So I would definitely say I'm intrigued by Brian Flores. I mean, you look at his time in Miami and I think a lot of Bears fans don't know this, but in Miami, what happens is the owner, Stephen Ross, seemingly gets more involved in football decisions than he should. And so when you look at that, you know, the GM, Chris Greer, was basically ready to hold on to Brian Flores, despite the 24-25 win-loss record. But Stephen Ross is kind of the one that went ahead and fired Flores. And I would definitely take Flores because I think he's shown us over the last three seasons that he is different compared to other Patriots assistants. I mean, the, they were 10 and six last year. Miami finished at nine and eight in 2020, 
one. And even that, you know, there was a point where Tua Tagovailoa was injured, a couple key players were injured, yet they kept fighting and they played hard. Now, one thing that sticks out about Tag about Flores is that I don't think his teams were necessarily that terrible. They just battled with a lot and they kept playing on like a team such as the Bears where the talent was clearly there on offense, but the head coaches could not adjust. And then I also think that when you look at Doug Peterson, I mean, he's definitely intriguing, but then it does bring up this question of would the Bears really want to go back to the head coaching tree? I think Leslie Frazier is someone that's just kind of a real boring name, not really going to be awe-inspiring. I think that when you hire someone like Leslie Frazier, what you're looking at is basically a kind of manager as a head coach is what you're looking at. And then another really intriguing name for me that, exists is basically seeing Dan Quinn, right? I think Quinn is intriguing because he's been a head coach, right? He's been a top defensive mind, but is he really going to be effective as a um, second time head coach? Todd Bowles, another second time head coach kind of got dealt a bad hand in New York. Nathaniel Hackett's really interesting because he's bounced around the NFL a couple times. You know, I know he was with Jacksonville as a coach back with Green Bay. He's got a great relationship with Aaron Rodgers and that kind of there's the marriage that just keeps the Packers clicking. So would the Bears be willing to go north and poach someone from Green Bay? I think it'd be a pretty smart strategy to do so. But then again, Hackett's really going to have to blow everyone away in interviews. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Yeah, I think there are a ton of really nice names here um, to kind of choose from. You, know, you kind of mentioned a lot of the guys that I really like here. You know, uh, you look at Nathaniel Hackett, I'll start off with that. Hackett's kind of been my guy um, sneakily over the past couple of weeks or so. Um, the more I've read and, and kind of dug into his background, you know, Hackett, um, you know, he, he's, again, he's a really interesting personality, um, likes to joke around a lot uh, with his players, kind of a, a loose uh, demeanor that he has in the practice field and on, on the field. But, you know, it sounds like every single player that has worked with him just absolutely loves him. And, and that's the thing that I think he can bring a little bit of, you know, fun nature to, you know, a, a team like the bears that need to get a little bit younger um, that, you know, have a young quarterback to kind of build around. And when you look at the next head coach here, ideally you want somebody that can build that next relationship with Justin Fields and have a long-term partnership there. And I think Hackett with kind of his fun loving um, demeanor, I think he would bring a lot there in terms of what he does offensively too. I think it'd be a perfect fit for what Justin Fields likes to do in terms of, you know, Justin Fields, he's not really a great quick game type of quarterback there, but you know, he's really good in terms of the play action game off that outside zone stretch uh, run scheme, um, get the bootlegs going, get him on the move a little bit and then attack down the field uh, with, you know, targeted deep shots on deep routes there. And a lot of misdirection, um, a lot of screens to kind of 
you know, make the defense kind of respect what you, what you have on offense a little bit, you know, obviously complemented by a power run game, you know, a lot of things I think bears fans would love from their offense. There are a lot of pre-snap motion, uh, scheming guys open, you know, there's a lot to like with what I think Nathaniel Hackett can offer. Um, again, it sounds like he's a very smart offensive mind. Now the question becomes here, you know, the Packers, a lot of their success, you know, you know, how much of that is Hackett? How much is that, you know, LaFleur? How much is that is Aaron Rodgers? You know, that's tough to decipher here. You know, Hackett, he's had previous uh, coordinating and play calling experience um, when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, he had Blake Boyles as his quarterback during that time, did not have the amount of offensive success that he's had uh, with the Packers, obviously. When Blake Boyles is your quarterback, that's bound to happen. Uh, but he was the coordinator uh, for them during the 2017 season, I believe it was, where uh, they got to the AFC Championship game. And, you know, they did have a fairly successful offense, you know, despite the fact that Blake Bortles was their quarterback. So I think there is some intrigue with Hackett there. In terms of, in terms of some other guys I like, I, I think Dabble is another guy that has to be on the Bears' radar here. Um, yeah, I'm a really big fan of what he's done with the Bills in terms of, you know, maximizing Josh Allen there. Um, just proof that, you know, Dabble, again, another guy that didn't have a ton of success before he got to Buffalo, but he's had offensive coordinator uh, experience and play calling experience at multiple different stops along the way. Um, so you know that he's gotten, you know, influence from a variety of different philosophies and coaching styles and schemes and whatnot. Uh, but Dabble, um, what he's done in terms of building that offense around Josh Allen um, you just kind of envision what he could do with a guy like Justin Fields in terms of building the quarterback run game around him, building the passing game around his ability in terms of a deep ball passer and maximizing what Justin Fields does well. I think there's a lot of intrigue there with, with Brian Dabble. Now, the Buffalo Bills, they've had some inconsistency here and there throughout this season. Uh, they've still been really good on offense, but you know there have been some questions about Dabble as a play caller, I think more so this year, but all in all, I think he's still a very solid candidate. Uh, it's just a matter, I think, of what kind of staff he can put together and how he could, you know, shape his offense around Justin Fields. And one more guy I'll mention here is the guy that you know, I really like here. That's a defensive guy. Uh, Matt Eberflus for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, I'd rather the Bears go with an offensive-minded guy personally just because um, I, I believe that with where this franchise is at right now, it, it makes sense to – try to find a long-term solution there for an offensive-minded head coach. With that said, I, I think uh, Eberflus, you look at what he's done um, with the Indianapolis Colts as a defensive coordinator there, all he's done, you know, despite not having a ton of elite talent on that unit, he's continued to have them play at a very solid level uh, during his time there. So Eberflus, I, I think, you know, he gets his players to be well-coached. He develops young players. Um, there's a lot to like about what he could offer there. And when you look at, you know, some of the GM candidates, I think Iberflus would me mesh very well with a Morocco Brown or an Ed Dodds if they were to come over with him there from Indianapolis. I could see that working out very well. You know, who he brings in as offensive coordinator would have to be the key for me in terms of, you know, do I want him to be the head coach primarily? Uh, but, you know, I think he's a, a worthy name to throw out there. And um, if he were to get the job, I'd certainly be very, I don't know if I'm excited, but I would certainly get it because, you know, he's done very good work wherever he's been as a defensive coach. And I think he can bring a lot to the Bears organization as a whole in terms of, you know, obviously getting the defense back on track a little bit here, but 
hopefully building a culture of toughness and um, getting this team back on track. Now, we talked about some guys that we like here from the list provided here for who the Bears are planning on interviewing. Uh, is there anyone on this list that I think you kind of mentioned it earlier? You say some guys that you weren't so high on, but you know, is there anyone else you want to mention that, you know, we talk about being intrigued by a head coach. What about the opposite of that? Who's, you know, a couple of names here that you would not be interested in whatsoever to be the head coach for the Bears? Yeah, so this name's not officially on the Bears list because it hasn't been reported that the Bears have requested an interview. But Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle went ahead and reported that the Bears are intrigued by the possibility of Josh McDaniels, who's got some interest around the league. Now, I would say you steer clear, just steer clear from Josh McDaniels because did I write an article on the bearreport.com kind of talking about whether or not McDaniels would make sense? Yeah. Is his background primarily quarterbacks and offense? Absolutely. Which is two things the Bears should be looking for is a head coach who has those qualities or a coordinator that has those qualities. But then also at the end of the day, I think you have to keep something in mind is that Josh McDaniels has kind of showed us that when he was a head coach in Denver in 2009, 2010, after a 6-0 start, he really was not as good as a lot of people made him out to be. And then again, the big thing to keep in mind is that these expatriates assistants that or these Patriots assistants that go on to get head coaching jobs just completely end up failing after, you know, really strong press conferences. And it's like the Patriots kind of win in the meet Patriots assistants, right? They win in the media, but then they absolutely fail when it comes to putting a good product on the field. I mean, look no further than the New York Giants. They hired Joe just last season. Everyone thought he was going to be the answer. And then what had happened is 2020, you have the 2020 season. There's potential that's showcased by the Giants because they were playing hard. 2021 rolls around, and really what happened is this, is that Joe Judge basically kind of lost. The owners lost the entire locker room. The owners felt like he just was not good enough. He was preaching culture over results. And then essentially what had happened is this, is that he got fired. And so steer clear from Josh McDaniels. Yeah, McDaniels, I, I think if you were to make a case for purely what he offers on the field, I think McDaniels might actually be the top candidate uh, in this current coaching pool because what he's done in terms of developing quarterbacks, what he's done in terms of maximizing offenses with multiple different quarterbacks uh, in New England, obviously he had a lot of success with Tom Brady, but you, know, you look at what he's done with some of the backups there. You know, He was able to you know, do well with Jimmy Garoppolo when he had a couple of starts with uh, the Patriots when Tom Brady got suspended, I think it was in 2014 or 2015, 2016, it was around that, I think it was 2016 that, that it was. Um, and, you know, what he was able to do during that time period and, and show that he can't have success, not just Tom Brady. And then uh, look what he's done with Matt Jones uh, this year and developing him as a quarterback and putting him in positions to succeed, despite not having a ton of uh, what I would call standout talent on that offense. You know, McDaniels, I think he's one of the five or so best play callers and offensive minds in football right now. I, I, I have no questions about that. Uh, McDaniels, he's a very smart coach. He's a very smart offensive mind. But I think like you kind of alluded to, you know, there are, you look at the Bill Belichick tree, there is just, it's a tough one to go back to because it, it just seems like, you know, it, whenever these Bill Belichick disciples come around and be head coaches, it never works out. Uh, and we saw that again, you mentioned Joe Judge, but I even go back to Matt Patricia in Detroit and how that completely just, absolutely destroyed that organization for years to come. I mean, they're, it's going to take them a couple of years now to recover from all the damage that Matt Patricia did uh, for that organization. Um, 
you know, certainly left things in a really bad state, um, certainly. And then you look at, you know, Bill O'Brien and what he did with the Tex with the Texans. And what's funny is Bill O'Brien, he might have actually been the best uh, Bill Belichick tree head coach to come around here. But because of what he did when he got power as the GM and what he did to kind of you know, run that franchise into the ground, um, you know, trading DeAndre Hopkins for peanuts, you know, getting in bed with the owner, it seemed like, and, and you know, pissing off Deshaun Watson to the point where he, he doesn't want to play for the organization anymore. Like, there's a lot of damage that Bill O'Brien did for that Houston Texans franchise. And it's just, you bring up the point that Josh McDaniels, you know, not only could he do that for this Bears team, but can you even trust a guy like Josh McDaniels who had the Indianapolis Colts job not too long ago? I think it was in 2018. He had the Colts job locked up. Um, you know, all the assistant coaches there, you talk about Matt Eberflus uh, being the Colts defensive coordinator. You know, Josh McDaniels brought him on to be the defensive coordinator here. There, he had the job, and at the last minute, he declined the job when all the assistants got hired there. You know, everyone had moved there and everything. And he said, Nope, I'm not going to take the job. I'm going back to New England. And, you know, it's whatever, it's a personal decision for him. But how can you trust a guy like that who, you know, had a job for himself, on, given to on a silver platter, had all the staff there, hired everybody, went through all the process there, and at the last minute, left everyone hanging and went, just went back to do his own thing. I don't think you can come back, come back from that. And certainly, you know, McDonald's, he hasn't had a lot of traction uh, so far this, in this coaching hiring cycle, uh, hasn't had any interview requests from what I believe uh, or have seen. Uh, we'll see what happens when the, if the Patriots get knocked out of the playoffs here uh, shortly, if they do, whether that changes or not. But it sounds like McDaniels is going to be in New England for another year here at least because I don't think that taste has gone away for a lot of owners and GMs who, you know, may not trust him to be, you know, the leader of their franchise moving forward. But, you know, I'll, I'll mention a couple of names here that are actually on the Bears list as, as guys I'm not really interested in. Um, you know, Dan Quinn is a guy that I, I just have, I have really no interest in. You know, I, I felt, I feel like, you know, even though he got the Atlanta Falcons to the Super Bowl in 2016, I, I always, I've always felt like that was more of Kyle Shanahan that did the work there for that Atlanta Falcons. Obviously uh, that, that offense was great uh, during that, during that run they had there. That was all Kyle Shanahan, obviously. And you have to give Dan Quinn credit of allowing Kyle Shanahan to kind of do his thing for that offense. But at the same time, man, uh, you know, Quinn, you know, he, he didn't do a really good job with that defense in Atlanta. He's done a great job with the Dallas Cowboys, don't get me wrong, and that defense this year. But, you know, as the head coach, is he going to have that same attention to detail uh, that he now has as defensive coordinator where that's full on his job is to worry about the defense. I'm not too, so sure. Um, certainly in-game decisions um, were a problem for him in Atlanta. And, you know, just the entire vibe of, you know, you look at what Atlanta was famous for during the Dan Quinn era, it was blowing big leads time after time again. You just knew it was going to happen. So I'm not sure if that's something that I necessarily want to bring in to the Bears organization. I, I feel like they can do a lot, a lot better there. Um, and then Leslie Frazier, he's kind of been the name thrown around the most for getting the Bears job, it seems like, for some odd reason. You know, I, that would just be such an underwhelming hire. You know, Leslie Frazier, while can be respected as a former Bears player, um, you know, he's been around the league for a while. He's done a really good job in Buffalo with that defense. I'm not sure he necessarily elevates, uh, you know, the what the, any unit that he's coaching necessarily. Um, I, I think he's... Obviously, 
comes across as a, a veteran coach who um, can be a nice leader of a locker room. Potentially, if that's what the Bears are looking for, then I, I good on them. But again, I think the Bears can do a lot better there. Uh, Leslie Frazier certainly is a name that, again, I'm not saying he'd be terrible, but just very underwhelming. I don't think it's the right fit at the right time for this Bears team. Now, I'll, I'll go back to uh, Brian Flores, who you talked about a little bit here. Um, and I agree, Brian Flores, I think he is a very good head coach. I think he got a raw deal with the Miami Dolphins. Now, there was, you know, some you know rumors coming out recently that, you know, Brian Flores, you know, did not get along very well with, you know, ownership and the front office. Uh, there was some rumors that did not want Sue to be his quarterback when it came to that 20, I believe it was 2020 draft. He wanted Justin Herbert to be the guy. They drafted Tua instead of Herbert. And then pretty much ever since then, the entire relationship between Flores and Tua has been off. And you know, we kind of saw that with how, you know, Flor, Flores managed Tua um, in his first two years where he kind of went back and forth in terms of actually wanting to start him and whatnot. Um, seems like they, they never really had that great relationship working together. Um, so my, my biggest worry with Flores, while I think he's a good head coach, again, I kind of fear that he's not the greatest fit for the Bears, um, mainly due to the fact that you, know, you look what he did with the offense in Miami. I think he went through four different offensive coordinators, um, different O-line coaches, uh, you know, what they did with the offensive line in general. Uh, they, they could not address the offensive line at all in Miami while he was there. And some of that is on the GM for picking the players that, you know, the front office did. Um, but also some of that goes to the coaching staff and not being able to develop these guys and put them in positions to succeed. So um, I just have a lot of questions about Brian Flores and what his plan would be to, you know, actually develop Justin Fields and get the most out of it. Because if he doesn't have a plan there, then what he does with the defense and whatnot doesn't really matter to me because the only thing that matters is Justin Fields and, and his development moving forward, if that makes sense. Yeah, it certainly does make sense. And, you know, I think that that's just something the Bears are going to have to kind of keep an eye on for in terms of, hey, which of these head coaching candidates is going to present a legitimate plan to go ahead and develop Justin Fields? And again, I want to clarify because I'm not going to sit here and say that everything the Bears do need to be predicated on doing what's best for fields but if you come across a candidate and that candidate does not make being able to develop justin fields as a high priority then it's probably not a candidate that you want being the head coach or the gm of your franchise yeah absolutely that's what it comes down to you know who do we think is going to be the best hire for justin fields i think that's uh, got to be the important thing here because you know if you're hiring, like you said, if you're hiring a GM or head coach and they don't want to work with Justin Fields, then again, I don't think you're right fit for this job because, you know, the Bears have invested a lot in Justin Fields. You know, he's clearly a quarterback. I think that this fan base and this organization believes in can develop into a franchise quarterback. So whether it's a defensive guy or an offensive guy, whether it's a, a veteran GM or a guy who's getting his first start as a GM, um, if you don't, again, like you said, if you don't have a plan to develop Justin Fields, then you know, you're probably just, it's just not going to be the best fit. You have to have a plan here to develop and get the most out of Justin Fields. And from there, you're going to do the best for this Bears franchise as a whole, because if Justin Fields is great, this Bears franchise is going to benefit for the next 10 to 15 years. And I hope that, you know, the Bears, they can get this right. Hopefully by the time we record next week uh, that, you know, we get an answer for who the GM is going to be at least, but 
Uh, certainly we might be able to get an answer for who the next GM and head coach will be for the Chicago Bears moving forward into the future here. Uh, it's certainly an exciting time here, you say, for Bears fans as we look forward to hopefully a new direction for this Bears franchise. Now, before we wrap up here, um, I want to say that we're not going to be able to get to uh, the national championship discussion tonight. Obviously, Georgia beating Alabama in the national championship game. Um, we w- Maybe we can cover that in our next episode, depending on what we get, uh, depending on what goes on in the news world for uh, the Bears here. But uh, in terms of today, just don't have enough time to cover that um, today. So what we're going to do is just we're going to wrap it up here, you said. Um, you know, first of all, for all of our listeners here, make sure to follow us on social media at Picks for Pace on Twitter, where we'll be getting a bunch of updates, um, especially during this draft season as the bear season is over. We're going to the senior bowl coming up in about a month here. We have the draft combine coming up. We got pro days coming up. Definitely keep an eye out for the Picks for Pace account for us on Twitter. Um, you said, where can our listeners follow you on Twitter and find your work on the bear report? Yeah, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Usaid Koshal. Be sure to check out my work on the Bear Report. I know that during the season I was doing two articles a week, so going to kind of scale that back here in January and February and just do one article a week, but I'll still be active on all the boards, providing you guys with as many updates as I can. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure to give Usaid a follow and make sure to read some of his work. There's a lot of good stuff for the Bear Report, as well as just for the Bears in general. As for me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at AJFreeman25. Um, and in terms of this upcoming offseason, got a lot of the work coming up, especially for the draft. Uh, I'll be taking on the main roles for covering the draft for the Bear Report here as we get into the offseason. So keep an eye on for the Senior Bowl. I have some stuff coming up for that. I won't be covering the Senior Bowl, unfortunately, this year. Not able to make the trip down to Mobile, Alabama uh, this time around, but we'll be keeping an eye on what goes down at the Senior Bowl. So looking forward to that in about a month here. And we're really looking forward to this upcoming draft season. Uh, it's going to be a very exciting time for us here at the Bearport and at Picks for Pace. All right. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to us today at Picks for Pace. Uh, you guys have been awesome for us all season long. And uh, we want to thank you guys uh, for getting through this season because, you know, it was a tough one for Bears fans, obviously. But, you know, new things are on the horizon for us here at Picks for Pace. It's really going to get exciting now because you know, draft season is underway and, I know you said and I are both fired up for it. So thanks again for tuning in. Have a great weekend, everybody, and bear down. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com